Growth is the only way to unlock your true greatness, not only to yourself, but to the world. I'm your host, Candace Lamb, and I'm here to encourage you to explore the possibilities of your best life, what it looks like, and what it takes to get there. I've gathered successful leaders all around the globe to ask the questions we all want to know about business, wealth, health, and relationships. So settle in. You're listening to the Growth and Greatness podcast. Welcome to Growth and Greatness, my live podcast. I'm your host, Candice Lamb, and I am so excited to have you all with me tonight. You guys give yourselves a hand. Give yourselves a hand. How many of you guys know that there is no greatness without growth? And that's what we're gonna talk about tonight. Our topic of discussion is pregnant with purpose, how to give birth to your dream. And the ladies that we have on the panel tonight, I want to introduce them right away. So I want a robust Round of applause for everybody that you can. Dr. Sharon Apopa. Dr. Tanika Eve. The Right Reverend Pastor Chanel Burroughs. These ladies are amazing in their own right and they've had an opportunity to birth Some of them have had the opportunity to birth children and dream. And so I feel like they are best qualified to have the conversation that we have tonight. And then there are others of us who have just birthed dreams and that is equally qualifying. So tonight we are going to have a really juicy discussion. I want you guys to put on your thinking caps. I want you to consider some things and I want you to engage with this material. So if you have questions, please hold on to them because we are going to open it up for questions later on tonight. Let's get going. So tonight's conversation is gonna be broken into three sections. Similar to childbirth, so I've heard, okay? We're gonna break it into three sections. So the first section is going to be conception. The second is going to be gestation. And the last is going to be the birthing. So my first question that I want to ask the panel is this. Well, actually, let me do this. So when I say conception, I just want to tell you guys what I mean, and then I'll do this for each section. So when I'm talking about conception of a dream, we're talking about the point of inspiration realized, when the idea and the courage to move on that idea come together. So if you're in that place and you're making moves on your dream, you're at the conception place. If you're at the place where you're just holding an idea in your heart, you're not yet there because you want to move into that action. So the first thing I want to ask you ladies is, What is a dream that you have moved on? Let's identify that first, because I believe that there's some diversity here. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Yes, so when the pandemic first started, Mm -hmm. right, I just had this urge that for my 65th birthday that year, I was supposed to do Make a Difference in Kenya. And it didn't make no sense. The world was shut down, planes weren't flying. We all thought we were gonna be dead in a couple of months. And God was like, I want you to do something for the children in Kenya. Right, thank God. Yeah, so for two years during the pandemic, this stirring was there, uh-huh. but it made absolutely no sense. And I could see no way that it was ever gonna be manifested, but it was there and it just kept churning and churning over in my spirit for two years. So I guess we can say more later, but eventually the world opened back up. Okay. And 
it's interesting because it was incubating, but then it became fertilized. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the dream was birthed with a lot of midwives that are even in the room today that have to birth that dream. So I'll talk about more about it later. Awesome. But it's the children in Kenya. Okay. Okay. Dr. T, what is the dream that you gave birth to? All I can say is that initially I didn't have a dream, but mm -hmm. I can say he knew. Can somebody help me say he knew? He, he knew. knew. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I mm -hmm. have towards you. Can you help me say he knew? He, he knew. knew. I'm going to tell you this because I had just finished my PhD. Last year I graduated in May and I was exhausted. For somebody, that's a dream. Yeah, Hi. that's a dream. Hello. That's a dream. Oh, okay, go ahead. That, and that wasn't even a dream, but mm. he knew. He knew. I had no desire to become a doctor at all, but God said now is the time. He said it's my purpose, my provision, and I followed his direction and I did it. Mm-hmm. A year, less than a year after graduating with a PhD, I had one of my old students that I was catering with. I called him up over the summer vacation. I had three months vacation. I'm like, hey, you need some help catering? And we ran all summer long. It was like, it was just an amazing experience. And then the next thing I knew, he's like, hey, I think we should do this restaurant thing. I was like, what? I'm like, I'm kind of ill for restaurant life. You know, I've been there, done that. I'm you know, a little comfortable in an office. I'm air conditioning, not sweating, uh -huh. not, you know, from the humidity. I'm going to tell you, but... Somebody help me say, he knew. He, he knew. knew. He knew. So I like to say sometimes, you know, we can become pregnant with something and we don't even know that we're pregnant. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. You cool. understand? Yeah, I do. So once again, he, he knew. knew. He knew. And I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So I believe that the meeting up with my ex-student that graduated underneath my guidance in Tutelaridge wow. ended up becoming a business partner and a best friend. Wow. He knew. He knew. I didn't know it. So when you talk about becoming pregnant, I've never carried a child. I know that there are women who plan to carry mm -hmm. a child. You know, they get married, they matriculate through a certain process. Sure. I didn't have any of that concept. Mm. I was very content in my life. Like I said, I didn't even want a PhD. I didn't understand it. But God said, for where I'm taking, mm. I want you quantified and qualified. Jeez. So I had to operate in faith. Mm -hmm. And faith without works is dead. You all know the word. Mm -hmm. yeah. So one more time. He, he, knew. he, knew. he knew. He knew. He knew. Dr. E, I love what you said. Because you said, I didn't even know I was pregnant. Yeah. It wasn't even a dream that I was carrying. And I think for some of us, that the same can be said of us. We're not walking around with all of these ambitious ideas and goals and stuff like that. But there is something that God has in mind for you. And the craziest thing is when you're just doing your thing, just being your amazing self, the Lord will sometimes send people in your life to say, hey, you know what? You're pretty good at that. You ever thought about going into business? You ever thought about writing a book? You ever thought about writing music? You ever thought about doing these things? And so I actually wanna go back to Dr. Popa really quickly because Dr. Popa, you mentioned a concept about birthing that I think should be elaborated on. So the difference between fertilization and pollination. And so when we started to, I started to prepare for this. So fertilization is when you are intentional, you get together with somebody and you decide, we, I want to conceive. Mm -hmm. But pollination is when, you know how the bee goes flitting from tree to flower to flower and rubbing up against it. And so sometimes we're not fertilizing, we're not intentional at all, but we start rubbing up somebody. Have mm -hmm. you ever heard somebody say something like, oh, somebody said that and made my baby leap inside of me? Mm -hmm. Pollination, it's when we get together and iron sharpens iron, and the thing that we thought maybe was dead, like Sarah, yep. it becomes pollinated Ooh. by somebody flirting around and bringing to our mm -hmm. mind something that they're doing that connects with something that we had in us a long time. So right. it doesn't matter if it's fertilization, intentional, or pollination, where you rub up against somebody. 
we are all in the process of birthing something great. Absolutely. And the thing that comes to mind when you say that is community. And I think one of the things that we struggle with, especially on the back end of COVID, is community. Because we're so afraid to re-engage with people for whatever reason. We've convinced ourselves, you know what, I don't really need it. I used to do it, but it's fine. I'm over it. Like, <laughs> But I'm telling you, there is something that the Lord desires to get out of our communities. And some of that is the pollination that Dr. Uh, Popa is talking about. Pastor Chanel. Okay, so it's amazing because anybody that knows me, they know that I'm a worshiper, right? But the truth is, I never had any intention to ever put out music. I've just, I've always, you know, been in choirs and always uh, sung on praise teams, but I never had the desire. And I want to say before I got married, God would constantly send me dreams. And in the dreams, I would be standing before great audiences and I would be worshiping and I would wake up from the dream and I would be like, okay, God, you know, what are you trying to say? I might even be getting a little bit ahead of myself, but there were even people that God began to start sending to me and they began to start prophesying. And they were saying, you know, I see your face on the cover of a CD and I'm looking back at them because I'm thinking like, what? Like, I can't really sing like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, I'm a worshiper, but I'm not like a Dorinda Clark Cole or a Karen Shear. You know how we sometimes, you know, you start comparing yourself to other people and you really disqualify yourself when you begin to start moving like that. And that's what I found myself doing. You know, I'm like at the time, Kim Burrell was like the biggest thing that was out in the gospel music industry. And if you know Kim, Kim is B-A-D-D bad. I was like, I am not Kim Burrell. So I'm like, God, you know, why are you sending people to me that are that saying this but over time I began to start feeling the burden for worship. I began to start realizing exactly why God had given me that burden to bring the kind of sound that I had to this generation. And so, yeah, that's my story and here we are two singles later. Thank you Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> that is amazing. Amazing. One of the things that mothers and fathers really have to consider during early conception is the threat of abortion or miscarriage. Mm. And so during that first trimester you find, or in the early stages of the pregnancy, you find that there's a tendency to kind of keep your details close to your chest oh, because you're not entirely sure that it's gonna work out. Mm. And so I would love to hear from you all what your experience was with that kind of a process with your dream. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a very frightening thing. And what I discovered is one of the ways that you will experience seeing the fruit of your dream is when you begin to start telling other people about it. And like you said, that was very hard because it was like, you know, what if I fail? What if it doesn't go through? You know, what if it's trash? <laughs> you know, what if it comes out and it's like a whole big flop? You know, God, that would be so embarrassing. But at that moment, you really have to trust in God. You really have to trust in what he's shown you. And uh, the greatest thing that you can do is just, you're going to feel the fear. Like a lot of people, you know, they think that when they get ready to move forward in vision, that they're just going to feel nothing but boldness and no fear. No, baby, you're going to feel that fear, but you have to feel the fear and do it anyway. And so that's what I had to learn to do. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I just want to do a little bit of this right here. Okay. Amen. Amen. Dr. T. You know, I was thinking about that. You mentioned miscarriage or, you know, not carrying the baby to full term. And for me, building the restaurant with my two partners, Michiko Campbell and John Millett, I had people come up to me after we had opened and they said to me, we had no idea you were doing this. Mm. And just like, you know, many couples that conceive a child, you don't tell anyone to you after that first trimester right. because of the risk of losing and not, you know, being successful. So I really stopped to think about that. And I'm like, people, you know, they would chat with me on a regular basis. Hey, I'm doing this X, Y, and Z. And I just held it close to my heart mm -hmm. because remember, it wasn't my plan, but he knew. Right. And the blood, the sweat, the tears, the leaning on the kneecaps and staining wood. Mm -hmm. And I think I have a second degree in carpentry. I know what it means to build a business from the ground up. Yeah. And part of that, although, you know, a husband and wife come together and conceive, I think a part of that carrying that child to full term, the business, AKA business, was being with the right partners, mm -hmm. being in the presence of the That's right people good. that can right. help you carry that child to full That's term. Good. Right. So there were times where I was physically tired mm -hmm. and my partners were physically tired, but we could tap each other in and out. Right. Machiko Campbell, he's a phenomenal carpenter by nature. He's just very talented, period. So he can build just about anything. I cannot, but I can stain just about anything. Thank God. So I, you know, it was, I felt like it was Holy Ghost wisdom that just said to me, you don't need to tell everyone your dream. Yep. Sometimes you gotta hold your mouth and keep it quiet until the breath actually occurs. Mm -hmm. So that was my journey with Chico and T's restaurant. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so grateful to see, I think we're about nine months in and the support from the community and everyone is very humbling. And all I can say one more time is that he knew. Amen. I did, and Amen. I'm grateful for that. I want to touch on something that you guys both said in terms of keeping it to your chest, right? Because there's a point in which you hold on to the information because you're wanting to make sure that you're out of the weeds, right? But then there is a time where you really do need to open up and let people in because people, it's like when you are pregnant, how long can you hold on to it before yeah. somebody's like, girl? <laughs> <laughs> right but you also have a community and it's it may not be a large community whatever your situation is but there are people who want to celebrate with you there are people that want to support you that want to rally behind you right it may just be a handful of people but don't deprive your community of being able to rally alongside of you and support you because we convince ourselves that i've got to keep my mouth shut for the whole time Right? So then when I give birth to my baby, somebody's asking me if I've adopted it because I haven't shared with them the process, right? And the thing is, the process is not, our process is not just for us. Our process is also for our community. Some people are looking at our lives and they are being encouraged by our journey. Yes. Some people are looking at us and they are being strengthened by our press, yes. right? They're being encouraged when we have we fall down and then we dust ourselves up and we get up. You know what I mean? So the Lord is always doing a multiplicity of things with one thing. Yes. Yes. So we never want to just stay closed mouth the whole time, right? And be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, but also know when fear is at work. Come on. Right? And so you have to be discerning there. Dr. Popa. Yeah, so it, as you were talking, I thought about spontaneous abortions. And, you know, spontaneous abortions sometimes occur when it's something going wrong within the uterus that we don't know that something's going on with the embryo. No, not the embryo, but the hormones, right? Some imbalance goes on. And so for me, that almost spontaneous abortion had to come through, through negative self-talk. Because mm. when you 
talk negatively to yourself and say, mm-hmm. I can't do this, you know, and I, and I was kind of like Moses, you know, well, my twin is dead. I had an amazing twin. She was amazingly brilliant, and we did everything together. So she's now dead, and you're telling me, go take on this big project. I said, my twin is dead. My best girlfriend, she was the accountant when we did things. She's dead. You know, like, how am I supposed to do this? And God said, I'm still here. That's right. Wow. That's so good. Yes, sir. He said, I'm still here. And he said, and I can do anything that I put in your heart, I can bring it to pass. Yes. And so it was so amazing because I'm telling you, I, when I went to Kenya in April, I didn't really do any fundraising. But when I left Bermuda... The amount of people that came by my house or saw me in the grocery store and gave me money for the project. I'm telling you, when God says, if I bring it to you, I'll make sure it happens. God made sure it happened because I didn't go and do no major fundraising, but everything I needed for the children in Kenya, I walked out of Bermuda with that money in my pocket. So God is such an amazing God. So that self-talk that could almost make you spontaneously abort, we have to check that because the God who gives us the vision always gives us the provision come on amen 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 i was gonna do this whole random thing where i pick a card and pull a number and <laughs> do all of those things but you know this is just as good because we don't know everybody here but i believe that the gifts that have gone out are specific and they are appropriate to the people who have received them so please feel free to open them up some of the things that you are receiving are things that you can use for tonight, okay? So go on ahead and open it up and use it if you want to. And if you need anything that goes with it, Amali can help you, like a pen or something, okay? Y'all was saying, that's what friends are for. You know, I have to say this. Because, story time. (laughs) So growing up, I did not have a lot of friends. Actually, my parents, not my parents, my mother really, she taught me that I really didn't need friends as long as I had family. And so I grew up with a really tight-knit family, right? And everybody else, I was like, ah, you're all right. But, you know. (laughs) Thank you, but no thank you, right? And people would want to be my friend, and I would just be like, wow. I've already got my situation. And what ended up happening to me, which what is what changed my mind about this, is there came a time in my life where the Lord began to challenge me to go in a particular direction. And none of my family agreed. And when I went to them and I'm thinking, hey guys, heard from the Lord, yay! <laughs> and this is what I feel like he's saying, woo! So I'm just gonna do this, okay? And they were like, no, we didn't hear that from the Lord. And I was like, well, I didn't know you was listening to the Lord for my life and your life too. I thought, I, I thought he was talking to me about me and then he would talk to you about you, right? And my family was like, well, we didn't hear that for us. We didn't hear that for you. So we don't agree. And I kind of went back to the Lord and I was like, Lord, uh, can you give them a memo? or something, you know, can you do something to make them feel good about this thing that you put in my heart to do? And the Lord was like, follow me. I was like, man. But the crazy thing was, my parents were believers. So sometimes it's not always people who don't believe in the Lord that don't agree with you and are not on the same page with you when God says to go in a particular direction, right? 
And so by me obeying the Lord at that time, my entire family unit disintegrated for a season. So I had no support, no communication, and I was just out there on a limb, like <laughs> And I had no friends and no friend skills. <laughs> I'll be doggone. <laughs> I said, you done set me up. Now I'm out here. You won't take none of my calls, and I don't know how to have a conversation that's not awkward with somebody that's not my family. Oh, wow. <laughs> to gain that skill set and even really change my mind about allowing people into my life, right? And so that's what I was saying earlier when we had those instincts that are like, nope, I can't tell anybody about this because it just doesn't feel safe, you know, because people will do a thing. You know, nope, I gotta keep my circles, you know, small because, you know, people are a people. <laughs> and sometimes that is the enemy that is stealthily trying to fight against your growth as a person. Because if you really get connected to the body of Christ in the way that you should, your potential and your power will go through the roof. Come on, yeah. But if he can keep you out there hanging on like a hangnail, you'll never be able to experience the fullness of what God has called you to. Because part of your stride comes from you being a part of the community, yeah. right? Like some of our range of motion has everything to do with our arm connected to our shoulder, yes. right? Yeah. And some of us are like, well, I can't move. I feel like I can't get traction. I can't. Well, you're dislocated, mm -hmm. Come on. Come on. Mm -hmm. right? I, can't, I feel like I can't put no weight on this. Yeah, well, because you're broken, right? So I just wanted to share that little story with you. Can I just say one thing? Sure, of course, that please. In there because sometimes we're looking for the familiar to help us to birth forth our dream. Yeah. We're looking for the familiar, and God wants to give us the unfamiliar. So we're looking for our friends to be our cheerleaders Come on. and things like that there. But, they, and, but God has people out there that we don't even know or are not connected to us or we looked at and thought that we never had anything to do with them. But those are the people. So sometimes it's like, I would have to say, you know, like Elijah said, Lord, open my eyes to see the people that you really want me yeah. to connect with. That's right. Instead of just expecting the familiar, especially when all your familiars know in the grave. Come on. That's true. That's true. And the other thing I would encourage you to is when you have a thing in your heart for somebody else and what they're doing, don't think lightly of that. Right? Because some of us were like, oh, yeah, girl, I see you doing the thing. You coming out? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, like, you sow those seeds because that is the harvest that you need when it's time for your dream to come yes. to pass also. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, you can't not be a supporter of anything and then you look out and you're like, all right, everybody, come on! Yes. <laughs> so and it's just you and your idea. Yes. <laughs> come on, everybody! <laughs> so we got to start turning some things around. Like, there was a time where we believed in, like, loving on each other and showing up for each other. Like, that was something that I admired about generations past. But I don't see that the same anymore. It's like, if I can't catch you on my cell phone in passing, I'm not going to catch you. Okay? But if it requires me putting on some real clothes, ooh, that's risky. Yeah. <laughs> it's risky, right? But we're coming out of that. Yes. We're coming out of that. 
section two. Please, yes. I'm sorry. Come over. This is so good what oh. you're saying because you were talking about, well, earlier we were talking about community and then we started talking about connection. And one of the things that I've discovered that if you are looking to advance, whenever you are looking to advance and to move forward, you have to understand that it is all about connection. And one of the things that I had to learn how to start praying or one of the prayers that I had to learn how to really start praying is, God, you know, yes, I want to prosper. I want money. But that wasn't like my number one prayer. It was God, send me relationships with individuals that has the ability to open up doors for me. And so you guys, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dr. Medina Pullins. Well, one day I saw her preaching on television. I'm good, Candace. Yeah, yeah, I saw her preaching on television and instantly I felt a connection with this woman. I had never met her a day in my life. And God said, you need to bring her out here. And I was like, okay, God, you know, just tell me when, where. And then, you know, I'm going to be real. I heard the price, Amalia, to get her out here. And I was like, ooh, you know, I don't know if that is the Lord that is speaking to me. I think that Satan himself has invaded my room. This is not of the Lord. And so God started dealing with me. And he was like, Chanel, you know, you have to understand that she has something in her mouth or Come she on. has an opportunity yeah. that now she don't know about this yeah. but i am going to use her to open up a big door for you Come and on. so he said i need for you to step out on faith and i need for you to get her out of here so i'm like okay lord she's coming out and i'm sweating saints i'm gonna be real <laughs> i'm sweating back sweating but i'm like lord this is what you told us to do now when, now, at the time, we knew that she had her own television show, but it was never our intentions to get on the show. We were just being obedient. And so, you know, we kept, we had her out here, and she called us uh, into this restaurant while she was here, and she said, I'm going to have you as a guest on the Word Network. I had no clue that that was going to happen, but I'm saying all that to let you guys know that at the end of the day, if you desire to advance in this thing, if you desire to really birth your dream ask God for relationships yes. ask God for connection yes. because when you connect with somebody yes. that is already being where you're yes. going yes. I'm telling you that they will open up doors for you they will speak on your behalf and you will end up in rooms that you never even yes. imagined that you would set foot in oh, I love that and I just want to tag on to that because in your situation, you said that Minister Poland, she opened up a door for you, right? But, and she had a show and she had this. So, it, you know, you could look at it and be like, okay, two plus two is four. She opened up the door to the, mm -hmm. yes, yes. but let me tell you this. There are some people that don't have a show. Come on. They don't have a platform to yeah. put you on, mm -hmm. but they can still open up a door yeah. for you, yeah. right? They still have gold. They have treasures. The Bible says that we have this treasure in this earthen vessel. Yeah. Right. And there are things that God has deposited uh, in other people that are a key to your breakthrough and they will never put you on professionally. Come on. So when you're praying for those kinds of relationships, allow the Lord to broaden your scope with anybody that he brings your way. And not just the people that feel like, you know, that makes sense. Because then if I do that, then I can do this. And then, OK, Pastor Candace, I'm going to give you the pollination. Come on, come on, pollinate. I go off to Scotland this summer with my daughter for her graduation. There are two black families in this whole place of graduation. Oh. Two black families, my daughter and this other family. 
At the end of it all, the family comes up to us and says, oh, are you Kenyan? Because of course our last name. So we said, yeah, we're Kenyan. And they said, oh, we're Kenyan too. So I get talking to the lady. So the lady says, I am the head of media for all children in Kenya. Whoa. Can you imagine? And she said, when you, as soon as you come back, she said, next time you come to Kenya, I'm going to do the media blitz for what you want to do. Wow. It's got there. In the midst of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Caucasians, two black families, what are the odds that he was going to do it? I just want to pollinate your face tonight. That you, no matter where you go, I mean, like, yeah, in the midst of Canada, in the midst of University of Edinburgh, two black families. <laughs> that's it. No, no, that's real, real good. Come on. So we're going into the section of gestation. And when we talk about gestation, this is what we mean. We mean it's decided. Okay, this is the dream that I'm going to go after. I am going for it. Okay, so some of the things that are a part of gestation, and I'm just going to throw these out here, and then I want you guys to chime in. When you decide, I'm going to keep this baby, your routine has to change. You either change or your body makes you change. Some people just be like, I can't wake up. I just have so baby. <laughs> I'm trying, but I can't. <laughs> okay? It's like, I want to keep my food down, but my body's like, uh-uh. <laughs> right? So your routine has to change. Number two, your commitment requires you to go beyond your comfort. Number three is we have got to realize that when we're having a baby, and I'm going to switch back over to that baby being a dream, we have got to reconcile that what we have in our mind's eye is the birth of an adult dream. But the fact of the matter is we give birth to a baby dream. And we have got to have the stamina to build that dream up to adulthood. Right? So you don't just give birth to an adult human being or an adult a dream like, ta-da, two months and we done. Yeah, right. <laughs> but so many of us, myself included, two and three times, <laughs> is I'll be looking at that baby like, you again? You ain't no older? <laughs> so I just want you guys to chime in on gestation. I would love to know your journey with gestation and how either your routine had to change or your commitment required you to go beyond your comfort zone. Scripture comes to mind in Ecclesiastic that talks about seasons. Oh, yeah. So I have to refer back to my PhD because that was the beginning of the journey and trusting and not seeing items, you know, before me, just trusting God saying, do this. And everything changed. Friendships changed, relationships changed, friends changed. When you're building a dream, and at this point in the pregnancy, people can see that you're pregnant. Right. Okay? Yeah. Right. You can't hide it anymore. Mm -hmm. So even though people see you building, they see you working 12-hour days because you got to be out there. You're meeting deadlines. You've got the health department coming. You've got this code to meet. Mm -hmm. You've got the fire people coming and this and that in reference to the restaurant. Things have to change. Mm -hmm. And you would like to believe that there are people in your life that care and love you enough to understand the shift. Mm -hmm. But that's not always the case. Yeah. It was a, for me in particular, it was an isolating experience building the dream mm -hmm. of birthing the gestational part mm -hmm. of building the restaurant. And it wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I thank God that I never had the spirit of loneliness, although I was alone because I was in purpose. Mm-hmm. And I always say his purpose, his provision, yeah. right? whether I see it or not. Right. So seasons. Mm-hmm. I'm on the other side of that, but we're going to leave that for the birthing. Yep. But during that time of building the business, I remember sun up, sun down, sun up, sun down, taking my partner who has, at that time he had one child, can you pick up my daughter from mm-hmm. daycare so I could stay here and build because I didn't have the skill set. So it was good to have the community and the village around me yeah. and the right partners and connections that we understood that we had to take team each other out at different points. Yeah. And I'm gonna be honest, I'm single, I'm not married. I said, Lord, I don't know what you got planned for this life. I didn't see this restaurant, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad that I have it because I get to touch people's hard souls and their bellies. And I consider the honor that although I didn't see it, mm-hmm. that he saw it. Mm-hmm. And that, yes, I had late nights. Yes, I even lost a little bit of weight. Just like, praise Jesus. <laughs> and she said, I didn't know I was going to get snatched. Literally, my feet on. I might have gotten not snatched along the way. Someone just did it. Takes the couple of slices of pound cake. It snatched it back. Miles. That was the standard when building wow. the business. Wow. 35 miles a week. Ooh. A week. I was like, I should wow. be more snacks than when I am going to go. Somebody's mouthing, mouthing. Nine plus ten plus fifteen. But you know, you have to your metabolism out of whack anyway. But yeah. needless to say, back to the gestational portion, it was lonely yeah. at some point. Our relationship shifted. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who's going to build a dream, whether it's going to be studying for a PhD, whether it's building a business. Be prepared to stand alone in the natural. Yep. Let me say that again. Yep. Be prepared to stand alone in the natural because God would never leave yeah. you. That's Amen. right. He would never leave you or forsake you. And it sounds so cliche. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, God, this doesn't make any sense. I don't have no chick, no child, no pick me, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. But I'm totally happy to fall into my bed after a 13, 14 hour day and not have to hear anybody, honey, or uh-huh. just. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. So enjoy the seasons, whatever comes along with the building and the birth. Well, not the birthing, the gestational part, whatever that sacrificial season is, enjoy it because that too will come to an end. And then you get to enjoy what's coming next. That's so good. I love the point that you talked about relationships changing and shifting. And I want to say this because there are so many ladies that are here tonight. And I think that when it comes to our dream, because it's not a physical baby that we're carrying all the time and it's not something that always has a demand where you gotta clock in and clock out, too oftentimes we will sacrifice our dream on the altar of relationships because people don't feel good about us dedicating different allocations of our time and focus to something different. Can you say that again? That's good. That's good. Right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, well, I mean, I just staying on the back burner, you know what I mean? Oh, it's so-and-so's birthday, okay, well, let me just, you know, it was this, this, and, and, and it's always something, right? It's always going to be something, and people will be like, oh, you're doing that little thing, right? Oh, but that's okay, because this is on a Saturday, and it's not going to take a lot of time, and it's just going to, right? Yeah. But if it was a baby, people would be like, oh, no, 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 get your rest, yeah. right? If it was something physical, people would be like, oh, no, that's fine, right? Yeah. But because it's a dream in your heart, they don't necessarily regard it the same, and then we don't either. Mm-hmm. But if you don't regard your baby, nobody else will. Yeah. 
If you don't protect your baby, nobody else will. If you don't protect the vessel that's meant to bring that baby to pass, nobody else will. And, and Pastor, can I say this? Not everyone can be your midwife. Mm -hmm. That's it. Come on. I'm saying. <laughs> Somebody else want to chime in? I think that's a perfect, perfect point. You're absolutely right. Not everybody can be your midwife, but somebody can. Okay? Because we'll be like, that's right, nobody can. Nobody. And then we'd be in the closet like, because <laughs> 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 somebody could have been helping you with this. <laughs> Let me tell you that out. Not everyone that you would think is in your circle can be your midwife. You're right. You're right you about that. Have a midwife, but oftentimes it's not the people that you think it's going to be. Yeah. You're right about that. Well, thank you for allowing me to clean that up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Growth and Greatness podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe to make sure you never miss a new episode. And follow me on social media at Candice Lamb. That's C-A-N-D-I-C-E-L-A-M-B-E. To catch the replay of this live show, check out my channel, Rain Life Entertainment, on YouTube. That's R-E-I-G-N, Life Entertainment, on YouTube.